0: Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. When you truly come to grips with who you are and the sin debt you and I owe God, and when you truly understand what God has done for you, it's only natural that you would be willing to extend that same forgiveness to other people. That's the point of this parable.
1: Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress. When somebody wrongs you it's all too easy to hold on to a grudge. But before you know it, that grudge starts holding on to you. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress teaches how to let go of the past and find freedom through forgiveness. It's a lesson from the parable of the unmerciful servant. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to
0: Victory. As we prepare to present our teaching series on Jesus' favorite stories, I decided to put together a helpful new resource for you. I'm referring to a brochure called, The Parables of Jesus. This colorful, multi-folded pamphlet highlights 17 stories Jesus told. I briefly explain what Jesus was teaching and how His wisdom applies to your life today. Again, it's called The Parables of Jesus, and I'd be pleased to send you a complimentary copy when you simply go online to ptv.org and request it. Now, as you go online or give us a call or even write a letter, I'm especially eager to send you my brand new book I've written for your children or your grandchildren. It's a fully illustrated book that's designed to engage your child or grandchild in 10 very important lessons from Jesus. I can't think of a better way to equip our children to face the darkness of this world than to teach them the abiding lessons found in the Bible. My book is called Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids. And it's yours when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. Plus, when you give a generous gift today, it will have twice the impact because of the active matching challenge. Whether you give $100 or $1,000, your gift will automatically be matched by some friends of Pathway to Victory. Imagine what God could do with all of these resources to help us pierce the darkness with the light of His Word. We'll say more about the matching challenge and the new book, Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids, later in the program. But right now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 18 as I continue my message about the freedom of forgiveness. Look at verse 21 of Matthew chapter 18. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Am I to forgive that person up to seven times? By the way, are you willing to forgive the same offense seven times? Up to seven times? Peter was being generous and of course, notice the Lord's response. He says in verse 22, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That was an expression that meant we're to forgive an unlimited amount of times why should we do that? Why should we hang that kick me sign around my neck uh, for 490 times and beyond? And how do we do that? Now, Jesus answers those questions with this parable. Look at it with me beginning in verse 23. He says, "'For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves.'" And when he had begun to settle them, there was brought to him one who owed him 10,000 talents. I did a rough calculation. That would be about $6 billion. So he has this debt he cannot repay. And look at it beginning in verse 25. But since he could not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. Verse 26, the slave therefore, falling down, prostrated himself before the king saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. Can you imagine a sight any more pitiful? He owed a debt he could never repay. And the Bible says in verse 27, and the Lord of that slave felt compassion and he released him and he forgave him the debt. Now let's stop here and make the obvious analogy. The king represents God. The slave represents us. But this parable is not so much about God forgiving us as it is about our willingness to forgive other people. This is where the story really gets interesting. Look at verse 28. But that slave went out, And he found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and he began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe me. Now a hundred denarii, a denarius was 16 cents, one day's wage. So a hundred denarii would be about $16. How did the fellow slave respond? Look at verse 29. So his fellow slave fell down. And began to entreat him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. Do those words sound familiar? It's exactly the same thing the first slave said to the king. Have patience with me and I will repay you everything. But unlike the king, this first slave refused to show mercy to his fellow slave. Verse 30, he was unwilling however and he went and he threw him in prison until he should pay back everything. Now, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved. And they came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. And then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you entreated me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave, even as I had mercy on you? And so his Lord moved with anger, handed the first slave over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. And then Jesus added the zinger to us in verse 35, so shall my heavenly father also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. As I look at this passage, I notice three principles about forgiveness that emerge from this story. I want you to jot them down. First of all, Jesus reminds us that forgiveness is granted, not earned. It's granted, not earned. Perhaps the single greatest misconception about forgiveness is that people have to earn forgiveness before you can grant it to them. That forgiveness is conditional. No, Jesus says forgiveness is unconditional. We grant it, we give it to people whether they deserve it or not. You see, that's what happened with the king. This first slave didn't earn his forgiveness. He didn't pay back what was owed to him. The king forgave him. He released him of his debt unconditionally. Why did he do that? Why was he willing to do that? Well, Jesus said in verse 27, it was because the king felt compassion for him. I certainly think that's part of it. I'm not sure it's all of it though. I think the king was a very practical man. He realized that he was holding an account receivable that was basically worthless. $6 billion from a slave. He knew it wasn't worth it. And so he decided to discharge the debt, to write it off, to take the loss himself so that he could get on with his life. When you forgive somebody, what you're saying is, this person has hurt me. They owe me because of what they've done to me. But I am choosing to release them of their obligation toward me, not because they deserve it or have asked for it. I'm choosing to release myself from them so I can be free to get on with my life. Forgiveness is something we grant. It's not something that is earned. I think about... A comment made by that great theologian, Buddy Hackett. Uh, Buddy Hackett said, I've quit holding on to grudges because I learned a long time ago while I'm holding on to the grudge, the other person's out dancing. That leads to a second truth that emerges from this passage and that is refusing to forgive hurts us more than it hurts our offender. Refusing to forgive hurts us more than it hurts our our offender. Notice what happened to this first slave when the king heard about his unforgiveness. It says that he turned him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. Verse 34. Now, is Jesus saying God is some kind of sadist who inflicts torture upon us if we are unwilling to forgive? Of course not. I like what Rider said. He said what Jesus is saying is when we refuse to forgive, we enter our own private torture chamber as we relive those offenses over and over again. I think about a deacon in the first church that I pastored. He uh, was sure that the church had wronged him, the deacons had wronged him, the staff had wronged him, the pastor had wronged him. He worked in a little office outside the city where we served and, and he worked by himself most of the day. And I remember going out to his little office and trying to reason with him and try to reconcile him to the church. And he said, I, I just refuse to forgive. I will not forgive. The deacons would go out and visit with him. He would refuse to forgive. Day after day, he was in his own private torture chamber out there as he relived those imagined offenses. Dr. S.I. McMillan, in his book, None of These Diseases, writes, The moment I start hating a man, I become his slave. He even controls my thoughts. I can't escape his tyrannical grasp on my mind. When the waiter serves me steak, it might as well be stale bread and water. The man I hate will not permit me to enjoy it. Doctors Frank Minerith and Paul Myers say... That pent-up anger, unforgiveness, is the leading cause of death in America today. Unforgiveness, bitterness, destroys us emotionally. It destroys us physically. It destroys us spiritually as well. The gifted writer Frederick Beekner once wrote, with tongue firmly planted in cheek, of the seven deadly sins... Anger is possibly the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past. To roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontation to come. To savor the last toothsome morsel of both the pain you're giving and the pain you're getting back. In many ways, it is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. Refusing to forgive hurts us more than it hurts our offender. Third, this passage reminds us that forgiveness is the natural result of being forgiven. Forgiveness is the natural result of being forgiven. Look again at verse 31. It says, When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and they reported to their Lord all that had happened. Now, there's nothing in this passage to indicate that these fellow slaves were Christians. But even they recognized that there was something desperately wrong with somebody who had been forgiven so much, refusing to forgive so little. And so it is with us. There is an inseparable link between receiving God's forgiveness in our life and our willingness to forgive other people. You can't separate the two. And Paul said it positively in Ephesians 4:32. He said, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you." Jesus said it negatively. He said it in the passage we read a few moments ago, Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Could it be any more plain than that? I hear people all the time trying to discount these words. Well, Jesus really didn't mean what he said here. (laughs) You see, Jesus didn't understand about the security of the believer. And if he had understood that, he wouldn't have said something like this. Could it be any more plain? If you do not forgive other people, God will not forgive you. What is Jesus saying? Is he saying forgiveness is something we earn, that we have to earn God's forgiveness by forgiving other people? Is Jesus raising the possibility that somehow we could lose our salvation? Of course not. But what Jesus is saying is this If there is somebody who has wronged you and you keep saying, I will not forgive, I will not forgive, I will not forgive, I cannot forgive this person it's not that you lose your salvation. It simply indicates you've never experienced salvation. Because when you truly come to grips with who you are and the sin debt you and I oh God, and when you truly understand what God has done for you, it's only natural that you would be willing to extend that same forgiveness to other people. That's the point of this parable. Some years ago, In our church in Wichita Falls, okay, you may remember this. We had a lady come and share her testimony with us. Her name was Dawn Smith Jordan. She was a former Miss South Carolina. Her dramatic story was the basis of the CBS television movie Nightmare in Columbia County. When Dawn Smith was a teenager, her younger teenage sister named Sherry was abducted from out in front of the Smith family home. A few days later, the body of Sherry Smith was found. She had been brutally murdered. Several days later, the Smith family received in the mail a letter that their dead daughter Sherry had written while she was being held by her abductor. Her abductor had actually allowed her to write a letter to her family before he killed her. And in this letter, that 17-year-old daughter, among other things, said, Dad, I remember when Dawn and I were little girls, you had us memorize scripture. And I remember one of the scripture verses you put on our bathroom mirror, Romans 8:28. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. I know that I am about to die. Please don't let this ruin your life. I'll see you in heaven one day. That's the, family, that's the letter the family received after they found their daughter dead. After that, South Carolina launched the largest manhunt in South Carolina's history looking for the killer of Sherry Smith. And during those weeks, they were searching for the killer. He would actually call the Smith family home while he was on the loose. And he would taunt the family. Describing in gruesome detail tell how he had tortured that girl and mutilated her, and that family would have to listen to that over and over again. Finally, he was apprehended. He was sentenced to two life terms, and Dawn Smith told us that finally she thought their ordeal was over. It had been put to rest. One day, Dawn said she went to the mailbox. She pulled out a letter, and it was addressed to her, and when she looked at the return address, she recognized the name immediately. It was the name of her sister's killer who was in prison. She opened up the letter, and this is what the letter said. Dear Dawn, since I've been in prison, I have found Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know God has forgiven me for what I did to your sister. What I'm asking now is, will you forgive me? By the way, how would you respond to that? Don told our church that day it didn't come easily but immediately God brought to mind that verse be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you forgiveness is the result of being forgiven Anytime I speak on the subject of forgiveness, I know that there are a lot of hurting people out there listening to this message. I want you to ask God to bring to your mind, is there somebody in your life who has hurt you and hurt you deeply? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can think of somebody? The fact that you can think of someone so quickly possibly means you need to settle this issue of forgiveness right now in your own life. Today if there is someone who has wronged you somebody you need to forgive, I want to challenge you today to apply this truth that Jesus taught us to forgive them, to release them not because they deserve it but because you need the freedom that comes from forgiveness and today if you're ready to be freed from that person who has hurt you that offense of the past. If today you're grateful for what God has done for you, I want to encourage you right now in the quietness of this moment to pray this prayer to God. Dear God, you know how much this person has hurt me, what it's done to me. But Father, right now, I am choosing to let You put that person's name in your prayer. I'm choosing to let him or her go. I'm choosing to release them of their obligation to me. Not because they've asked to be forgiven, not because they deserve to be forgiven. Today, I am forgiving them because of the great forgiveness you've shown me through Jesus Christ. Father, help this to be a turning point in my life. Help me to never dredge up this offense again. Free me to serve the life that you have planned for me. In Jesus' name. I want to encourage you somewhere in your Bible or in a secret place, just put today's date and just write a note. Today I forgave, you can use their name, their initials, I forgave them of their sin toward me. And anytime you're tempted to dredge up what they did to you, go back to that place and remind yourself of what you've done. Remind yourself that just as you don't want God dredging up your sins again, you're not gonna dredge those up again. You've forgiven them. You've released them. You can get on with your life now. Few of us will ever be required to forgive a convicted killer, but all of us need to forgive someone. Perhaps you're thinking about a loved one who has deeply offended you. Maybe today's the day you finally let go of that ugly memory and allow the healing to begin. A gentleman named Lloyd listens to Pathway to Victory in New York City. He told me that he grew up in a Christian home, raised by his faithful mother, but his father was cruel and terribly mistreated him. When his dad died, Those painful issues were completely unresolved, and the bitter memories haunted Lloyd. He said it was like a ball and chain on his life, until he heard Pathway to Victory and my message on forgiveness. Lloyd told me that today he's learning to forgive his brother, even though he's been gone for several years. Matthew 18 holds the key to forgiveness. It's as relevant today as the day Jesus first told this story. And when you make a financial investment in Pathway to Victory, you're having an impact on men and women just like Lloyd, who hear the truth and respond. His story is repeated many times over all across the world as men and women have a genuine encounter with the truth. So, may I count on you today to give a generous gift? Remember that right now your gift will be doubled because of the Active Matching Challenge. You choose the amount of your gift, and it will be doubled in size because of the matching challenge. Plus, when you give a generous gift, we'll say thanks by sending the brand new children's book called Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids. In this fully illustrated book, I share 10 easy Bible lessons for children that help them embrace the truth of Jesus Christ so they don't fall away from the faith. Don't forget, you can watch Pathway to Victory this weekend on television. On Sundays, catch us on TBN at 10 a.m. Eastern or on Daystar at 6 p.m.
1: Eastern Sunday evenings. David? Thanks, Dr. Jefferson. The brand-new children's book called Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids is yours today when you give a generous gift to the ministry of Pathway to Victory. To make your request, call 866-999-2965 or online, go to ptv.org. And when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also include the complete CD and DVD sets for this study on the parables called Jesus' Favorite Stories. Remember, because of the Gospel Advance Matching Challenge, your gift will be effectively doubled in impact by another generous donor. So request your copy of these resources today call 866-999-2965 or visit ptv.org. If you'd like to write, let me give you that address. PO Box 223609 Dallas, Texas 75222. That's PO Box 223609 Dallas, Texas 75222. I'm David J Mullins. Join us again Thursday when Dr. Jeffress returns with a lesson from the parable of the rich fool. That's right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Hi, this is Robert Jeffress.
0: To bolster your courage and confidence in God's word, I want to invite you to listen to my daughter Julia's brand new podcast. It's called Unapologetic. The Apostle Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You can hear the podcast at ptv.org or wherever you get your
1: favorite podcasts.